0: And the principle that we're going to look at is the principle of yielding, the principle of yielding. In Romans 6 in particular, I want you to pay attention to verse 13 when we get to it, but we're going to read verses 8 through 14, then we'll go to Romans 12 and read verses 1 and 2. Let's look at Romans 6 first, let's all stand together if you would in honor of the Word of God, Romans chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 8. And go down to verse 14, and again, the key verse of this passage is verse 13. But in Romans 6 and verse 8, it says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise... Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Never, n- n- neither yield, and this is the key verse, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. All right, go with me now to Romans 12. And verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're so thankful tonight for the opportunity to hear from your word and to, to study a principle that I believe is a, is a paramount, very important principle, one of yielding ourselves to you. It's a, it's a choice. And when we, before we got saved, we had no choice. We were slaves to sin. But after salvation, God, you gave us not only a new nature, but you also gave us the Spirit of God to give us the, the help and the, the grace and the strength to be able to make the right decisions. And Lord, quite frankly, now that we're saved, we don't have an excuse for sin because now we have a choice. But that choice means that we have to yield and we have to yield ourselves to you. Help us to understand what that means tonight. Help us as we look at the Scripture and look at this principle, help us to see how it fits in our individual lives. Lord, everyone here is different. Everyone here has different circumstances in their lives, and this principle will fit different ways with different folks. Uh, But, Lord, it'll fit all of us if we just simply connect the, the Scripture to our personal lives and help us to see, Lord, the decisions that we need to make based upon this principle. Help us, uh, God, to be open to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God as they both together minister to our hearts tonight, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What's What's the basic principle? What's the basic conviction? The principle, the conviction is, I must yield my body, my thoughts, my will, and all that I have God why? Well based on Romans chapter 6 verses verses eight through 14, uh, sin doesn't have the same, same power over me that it had before salvation. Uh, you now have God's power you now have God's spirit God gave you a new nature. Uh, the, the, the Bible says in Galatians 5 the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh uh, you didn't have that. Before salvation, before salvation, all you had was the sinful nature, and that was it. But now that you're saved, you have those two natures, and and uh, they are contrary. The Bible says one to the other. Uh, the, the the you know back in the I think it was in the '60s, there was a comedian that uh, really built a built a a, a reputation on. And a, a notoriety on a, a phrase, the devil made me do it. And people used to laugh, you know, when you'd say the devil made me do it. Well, the truth of the matter is, that excuse is gone for safe people, okay? You can't say that the devil made me do it because now you actually have a choice. And literally, the choice is up to you. You can decide to, decide to yield yourself to sin or you can decide to yield yourself. To to, uh, to to what is, is right and righteous. Uh Verse 13, as I said, is the key verse, and it, it, it says that the whole issue is yielding. It says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And again, uh, before you were saved, you were dead in trespasses and sins. All of us, before salvation, were dead spiritually. Now we are alive unto God. We need to yield to that, to that new nature and to that new life. Uh, what does it take to yield to God? Well, it, it simply takes a, a will to do right and the faith to trust God that he knows what he's doing. God gives us opportunities. God gives us choices. Sometimes they're in the form of, cho- of just flat choices. Sometimes they're in the form of predicaments that come into our lives, and there is a spiritual answer, and then there is a a fleshly uh, answer, and we need to choose between the two. Uh, we we uh, uh, you don't need. Uh, special talents, you don't need special abilities. Uh, you don't even need special circumstances uh, in order to make the right choice. You simply need to be saved and you need to be willing. Take your Bibles and turn to the uh, book of John John chapter 7 and verse 17. And this really is the key issue. John 7:17. 7, says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. The key issue is that first phrase. If any man will do his will. You have to will to do it. You have to yield yourself. You have to, do, to be willing to do what God would have you to do. Uh, choices have cause and effect Consequences, uh, you do right and there's consequences for right, good consequences. Uh, sometimes sometimes there are good consequences with, with adverse effects because you've taken a stand for right and maybe someone does not appreciate that and they come after you. But there are consequences for doing right and there are consequences for doing wrong. We can, we can choose to yield to God or we can choose to follow the flesh and end to sin we we can't choose, uh, you know. We can we can choose the, the the choices, but we can't choose the consequences. The consequences are just going to come because of the choice that we made. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to James chapter one. This this passage makes that very clear. Right after the book of Hebrews is the book of James. In James chapter one. James 1 and verses 12 through 16. James 1, 12 through 16. James 1, 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So if a person endures temptation, what are they doing? They're yielding to that which is right and saying no to that which is wrong. Verse 13, "'Let no man say when he is tempted, "'I am tempted of God. "'For God cannot be tempted with evil, "'neither tempteth he any man. "'But every man uh, is tempted "'when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. "'Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, "'and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. "'Do not err, my beloved brethren.'" And so, what, what, he, what he says there is, is very simple. Sin has consequences. Verses 14 and 15 it says that uh, uh, every man is, is uh, tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When, sin, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And, and, uh, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. There are consequences to making that choice, but there's also consequences and the right ones for making the other choice. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now the crown of life is something in the future. You might have some other blessings that would follow uh, even before you go to heaven. But God says, listen, in either case, you're going to have a cause and effect result. If you make the right choice and you do the right yielding, you'll get the right result. If you make the wrong choice and the wrong yielding, you'll, you'll get the wrong result. Uh, you cannot choose your consequences. You can only choose the choices. You can either follow that which is right, yield yourself to righteousness, or you can follow that which is sinful and yield yourself to that. Go to Romans chapter 12. And Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God says, It's our reasonable service. Why? Why why does he say it's a reasonable service? Well, it's because of all that God has done for us and and the the fact that he willingly gave himself so that we could have complete forgiveness. That's why he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Uh, Because God has been so merciful to us, we ought to, out of gratefulness, say, "Listen, uh, I'm willing to give my body, to give my will, to give my mind, to give my life, as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ." We should be wi- willingly. Uh, uh, we should willingly give ourselves sacrificially to Him. Um, the act of 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 consecration, of consecrating ourselves to God. It's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. Uh, You have to give up. Sacrifice means you have to give something, and then that simply implies that you have to give up some things that you would normally retain for yourself uh, in order to please and to honor God. Whatever we hold back from him shows us what we value more than him. If if we hold something back from him, we're saying that we love that thing or that person or that circumstance or that choice more than we love God. Uh, God never wants to share first place in our hearts. Never wants to share it. Uh, Jesus said that the first commandment was to love the Lord our God with all of our heart our, our soul, our mind, and our strength. He wants all of it. He wants all of our affection. He wants our affection to go first and foremost to him. In Psalm 24, in verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He has a right to ask for it all, not only because he saved us and because he was so merciful to us, But he also has a right to ask for it all simply because he owns it. He is the creator. And uh, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and all that dwell therein, and that's you and me. Uh, God, God owns everything that we have, and he owns everything that we are. And we we have we have really no claim to ownership at all. It's all his. What are some some areas in our lives that we need to yield to God? Let me give you some some ideas, some thoughts about areas where we just need to give in to God and give him what he wants. First of all, it starts with your body. It says, present your body a a living sacrifice. Uh, When you give your body a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 uh, you You go where God wants you to go. you do with your body what God wants you to do. It goes down in verse two to our mind, to our thoughts. Uh, our lives belong to Him, and our bodies belong to Him. Uh, understand that that uh, this body now is a temple if you 're saved, this body is now a temple of the holy ghost uh, i have I have no problem with telling people that you shouldn't smoke if you're, if you're saved. Why? Well, because you're taking something into your body which could really seriously harm your body. Now, there's all kinds of other things that you could say, well, I don't think I ought to do this, and I don't think I ought to do that. I, I, I understand all that. Help yourself. Uh, that, that can apply uh, to whatever extent that you would like it to apply. But I have no problem telling people don't drink. Uh, and by the way, I'm not one of those Baptist preachers that say, well, you, you can drink, but you can drink moderately. Bible says, look not upon the wine when it turneth itself awry in the cup. If you're not even supposed to look at it for crying out loud, you certainly shouldn't be putting it on your lips. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs> amen. That's true. Uh, so it's, it's our body, what we put into it, what we do with it. Uh, Our body needs to be yielded to God. Second thing, our children need to be yielded to God. Uh, Bible says in Psalm 127, three, children are an heritage of the Lord. And what that that means is then I don't have the right to determine how to raise my children. God should tell me how to raise my children. The world says, don't spank them. The Bible says, he that spareth, the rod hateth his son. So who do you believe? Well, you yield yourself to God and not to the world's philosophy. Uh, you raise your children the way that God tells you to raise them. Not only do you raise them right, but you also uh, encourage them to do what God wants uh, to do with them. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed over, over the years, over time, is... Uh, Parents that try to hold on to their kids, eventually, not all of them, but many of them, I've watched them lose their kids. You know, they, they uh, I, I know, I, I've seen it here. I've seen it here in our church. Years ago, I remember some, some young men that, that, that surrendered to preach the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel today. But let me tell you, they're really not living for God at all today. And their lives are a mess uh, because because they did not yield themselves to God. And mom and dad, some some moms and dads didn't really encourage that. They they wanted, you know, I I know situations where they wanted, uh, and I've seen it over the years, they wanted their kids to be successful. Listen, there's no greater success than if your kids do God's will. There is no greater success than that. And, and that's what you ought to be willing to, to push them toward. So your children, you need to yield to God. You need to yield your own will to God. The verse that we read just a moment ago, John seven seventeen. if any man will do his will. Again, not what I want to do, but what God wants me to do. And by the way, if what I want to do is not what God wants me to do, even if what I want to do is not in and of itself sin, it becomes sin because it's contrary to what God wants me to do. As an example, um, I, I, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's summertime, it's Tuesday night, and I want to go play basketball, but we have church visitation and we go door to door. Well, what does God want me to do? Well, God wants me to go door to door. Uh, What do I want to do? I want to play basketball. Is basketball in and of itself sin? Of course not. No, it's not. But when it becomes contrary to what God wants me to do, anything that becomes contrary to what God wants me to do becomes a sinful choice. So uh, we do, when we yield our will to God, We do what God wants us to do, not not necessarily what we want to do. Then the the next area is your future. Uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21 he says, For me to live is Christ. To to me, that is an all encompassing statement. For me to live is Christ. In other words, he says, My my life is given to me so, so that Christ Can live his life through me. That means following Christ's desires. That means following Christ's designs for your future and doing what what the Lord Jesus Christ would have you to do. Um, Another area that we need to yield ourselves uh, to God in is our our personal rights. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse, verse 19 says, uh, avenge not yourselves, but give place unto wrath. And then later on in the, in, the, in that verse, it says, I will repay, saith the Lord. Um, sometimes we think that because we've been treated a particular way, we have a right to act and react a particular way. We don't, we don't. Because if it is wrong, it doesn't make any difference what the circumstances are, I am operating outside of my realm in order to, to do what I want to do rather than what God wants me to do. Uh, you know, some, someone comes and, and pushes me, and I decide I'm just going to push them back. Well, uh, that's me making that decision to do what I want to do. And, uh, and we do that oftentimes with the idea that, well, I have a right I mean, after all, they did this, so therefore I can do th- that. No, that's that's not true at all. Uh, you may be right, but at times God wants us to surrender our right to be right. You know what? You don't have to always give your opinion. You don't have to always say what you think. In fact, I was just reading, I've been reading in the book of Proverbs, and uh, uh, Proverbs, uh, and this isn't, this isn't a direct quote, but what Proverbs says over and over and over again in various verses, is if you just keep your mouth shut, you'll look smarter than if you opened it. And, and uh, uh, sometimes it's just real wisdom just not to say anything you say but i have a right to say it swallow your right and keep your mouth shut um i have i've watched this again i watched this time and time again someone thinks that they have a right uh and and it's necessary that they give their opinion and it just cuts somebody to the core it cuts them to the heart and they don't they don't and the problem is Many times, we're not even thinking. Have you, ever, have you ever done that yourself? You ever said something, and after you said it, you think, oh man, I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, uh, you thought you had a right to it. Uh, sometimes God just wants you to swallow that so-called right to say what you feel and what you think. And, and you find that, that Paul uh, yielded oftentimes in his personal life. Take your Bible and, and uh, your Bibles, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a tremendous example of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9, first 15 verses. Beginning in, beginning in verse 1. Says, am I not an apostle? In other words, he had a position. Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, uh, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Cephas, as, that's as Peter? Uh, he, he, said, he basically, he's saying, "Listen," he says, "I have the right to do that, but I have given up that right so that so that uh, uh, the the Lord can accomplish his his will and his desire." Uh, through me, he says, or I only, and or I only, and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Uh, he was a tent maker. He used that money so that he didn't put a burden on the churches. But he didn't have to do that. He did that by choice. He gave up his right to take a salary so that the churches could be eased. He says. Uh, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard, and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care of oxen? Or saith he it altogether, for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? Now, and again, in different... Different times he made different choices. Sometimes he, he took support. Sometimes he worked. It depended upon the situation. But he was willing to give up the right. And basically what he's saying here is, I have that right to, to expect those things, but I'm willing to give up my rights for God first and then for you and your situation. Verse 12, "'If others be partakers of this power over you, "'are not we rather?' "...nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel, but..." I have used none of these things; neither have I written these things, that it should be done unto me, for for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. He's saying, "Listen, I'm not I'm not writing you this thing so you can send me a check." He says, "That's not the reason why I'm writing it." He says, "I'm, I'm writing you because I just want you to know that there are times when I God has wanted me to give up my rights." We need to surrender our personal rights. Sometimes that's the right to speak. Sometimes that's the right to take things. Sometimes that's the right to have, to actually, uh, we have freedom in areas. We curtail that freedom for the benefit of others. And it's just simply uh, surrendering your right sometimes to be treated right. Uh, there are times when you're going to do right and you're going to be treated like dirt for it. What's going to be your response? Have you yielded your right to to even be treated right? And then the the last area that we need to, that I want you to consider tonight is is your reputation, uh, your position, your possessions, what you have. In other words, does, does God have all of you? Uh, Are are your personal rights yielded to him and given up to him? Uh, A uh, a yielded, consecrated life to God is going to cost you. The Bible tells us in in, uh, Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Sacrifice means you're going to give up some things. Sacrifice means you're going to willingly, for God, and because you love him, you're going to give up things that you would maybe desire to keep to yourself, but you're willing to give them up to to him because he's been so merciful to you. Um, Again, isn't Jesus Christ worth it? Isn't he worth any sacrifice that we would make? Because he, he gave up so much for us Paul, Paul said it this way in one particular area when he was talking to the Corinthians about loving them. And he loved the Corinthians and they did not love him back reciprocally. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15 says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Uh, he was hard on the Corinthians. He was tough on them. He had to be. Uh, there, you read First Corinthians, and that's basically that whole letter is just a rebuke because they were such a mess and they were so carnal, now they were saved people. But they were, they were living a very, very fleshly form of Christianity. And he says, he says that the more I love you, the less I be loved. But notice what he says before he said that. He says, I will very gladly spend and be spent he's not complaining about it he's saying listen I gave up my rights to be treated right by you because i know you need somebody to love you and I'm going to be that person you know the only person that can shut off your love toward another is you you say well well so-and-so hurt me so i'm'm I'm, I just I just have a hard time loving you loving them. No, you have a hard time loving them because you've chosen not to love them. That's really what it is. And I know that because Jesus. otherwise Jesus gave us a, an impossible commandment to fulfill. You know what it was? He said, love your enemies. I don't have ushy-gushy feelings about those that you know, don't love me. I just don't. Uh, those that are my enemies, those that don't care to even be around me, uh, I, 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 I can't conjure up feelings, but I can love them because love is a choice. It's a choice. So here's some, here's some closing thoughts, some closing questions for you to consider in this area of the principle of yielding. First of all, is there an area in your life that God does not have full control? Is there any area in your life right now? And just ask God. God... Uh, As far as I know, there isn't one. But you show me if there's one where my desires go above your desires. Secondly, do you insist on your rights and being right or can you give those rights up? Uh, Are there times when you can just keep your mouth shut and do so gladly? When you can love somebody and not be loved back and do so gladly? Does Does your response to life Show others that you believe God owns everything and is in control. You know, I think one of the areas that that shows up is when we get frustrated. I know it's it's an area that God uses in my life. When I I get frustrated about something, I'm starting to take an area of my life back. I'm, I'm starting to take the control back. And, and that's why I'm frustrated, because it's not going my way. Well, you know what? If, I'm, if it's out of my control and it's not going my way, then it must be going God's way, and I'm bucking it. I'm bucking it. Um, are, there, are there things that you value uh, that uh, are not completely yielded to God? Have you given Have you given everything that, that you greatly value? Have you given it to God? Have you yielded yourself in that area? Have you given something to God? Then you try to take it back. Man, I, I could tell you, I could tell you several, many instances, not just several, many instances in my life where I've given something to God and then later on it was a struggle again. Well, you know this is a this is a simple principle. This is probably this is uh, this this uh, Romans 12 one and two when I the very first time I heard that preached as a, as a young Christian uh, i was I was new in the Lord and i made I made some decisions based upon those two verses Romans 12, 1 and two um, to say that I've never had to go back and 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 uh Pull, pull back on those, uh, on those decisions from this standpoint. You, you, you give something to God and then you, you find yourself kind of putting your hands back on it and bringing it back to yourself. Uh, it, it's something that you have to constantly be vigilant about. Uh, you, you know, you say, Well, I made, I made a decision about that years ago. All right, how well are you living it today? You might have made it years ago. But are you, are you sticking with it today, or has that, that particular decision kind of crawled off the altar and crawled back into your pocket? Uh, do you glory in your infirmities? You know, Paul said, said Listen, he said, I glory in my infirmities. I, I glory in those things that are, are, are difficult. And again, that has to do with, with uh, yielding our, ourselves to God. Do you take pleasure? And again, that's, that's God's wording. That's what the Apostle Paul said about his infirmities. Do you take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake? I remember hearing a story about uh, a youth pastor who took some uh, uh, young people down to Mexico to uh, help out a missionary. This was, this was years ago. This was back in the 60s. And um, while they were down there, they were passing out uh, New Testaments, and they were going door to door. They had a, they had hundreds of New Testaments. They were passing them out in a little in a little Mexican village, and as they were passing them out, and as they came back, you know, from each house, and and was walking the streets, there were Catholic priests that were gathering. They were against what they were doing, and they were throwing little stones, not not anything that would really hurt them, but little stones at these kids and wanting them to stop passing out the New Testaments. And uh, uh, oftentimes the priest would go up, up to the house and would grab the New Testament out of the person's hand and take it away from them. The kids came back. They were all excited about the fact that they had stones thrown at them for doing right. You know what they were doing? In a, probably a, 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 because, it, like I said, it wasn't anything that really greatly hurt them, but they were glorying in the, in the difficulty. They were glorying in it. And that's just a great illustration, and I've often thought about that, that illustration. That's how I ought to be with every adverse thing that comes into my life, and I will be if my right is yield yielded to him. You know, and the 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 bottom line with this with this whole principle of yielding is are you fully yielded to God? Or is there an area that you still have your hands on? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come to you tonight, we ask Lord that you might point out to us any area that we still have our hands firmly wrapped around uh, there may be many areas but there may be just one or two that lord we just uh, we just don't want to let go maybe there's someone here tonight that they've not really considered this principle before and they need to give themselves tonight as a living sacrifice and that doesn't mean that they'll they'll never falter that they'll never fail uh, they will I know I have, but God, it's a principle that is a very, very basic principle in the Christian life that our lives are not our own. We are bought with a price. And therefore, we need to glorify God in our spirit, in our bodies, and our spirit, because they're yours. Father, I pray that you would connect the dots for us tonight and show us Uh, the areas where we might need to come to the altar and just uh, lay those things at your feet and say, okay, Lord, my hands are off. And those areas are completely, totally yours because I'm yielded to you. Bless this invitation. Have your will, have your way. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.